Yo, it is Puka. Just wanted to take a minute here to wish all of you a very happy holiday season and a prosperous new year as we close the chapter on a crazy 2020. Also just wanted to let you all know we are doing some exclusive interviews to get you through those dark, cold days of January, but they will only be available on our YouTube channel. So go over to YouTube, The One To Go Show, search us up, go ahead and subscribe. Like I said, we've got uh, uh, about a half dozen interviews lined up there for you to get you through some of the coldest days of winter. With that, we hope you enjoy the show. fans we are back uh, all three of us again how about that two shows in a row all three of us i'm ryan aho that is the one and only puka how you doing buddy awesome now look at this one of your old sponsors here tom and jerry's bar chisholm, I love guys, tom and jerry's bar up in chisholm we that they sponsored me for years so people are going chisholm where the heck is chisholm <laughs> just jump online watch the movie field of dreams doc moonlight graham Chisholm, Minnesota, you know, and, and of course, that's where Puka's from, too. So, I mean, the place is just amazing, right? So, Puka, <laughs> glad to have you on here. And we got the one and only Bert Lehman. Bert, how are you doing, man? I'm doing really good. Uh, how are you doing tonight? Doing awesome. I see you got your Scotty shirt on there, huh? Yes, I do. Even, <laughs> even, though, even though we had a lot of Wisconsin or, or a lot of Eastern Wisconsin drivers in the last episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have had a Minnesota shirt on or something, but... Yeah, I, I guess uh, it is what it is. So, hey, let's get after it. We talked about the top 10, or not the top 10, I guess the 25th through 16th in the last episode. You guys saw that yesterday. And now we are going to break down 15th up to 6th, okay? And this is the, the inaugural, we'll call it, one to go show regional late model power rankings is what we're doing. So before we get into that, uh, Puka, you know, I know that uh, you do such a great job with it. We have sponsors you want to thank uh, who do you want to give a shout out to yeah i just want to thank all the fine folks down in wisconsin at weir's machine uh chad and all the fellas they've been with us you know basically from the start from where we really got going on uh, finding some partners so you see their logo here on the screen so just want to wish everyone at weir's a merry christmas you kind of know what weir's is all about weirsmachine.com uh go ahead and check them out when you get a chance and uh, they'll take good care of you Thanks a lot for that. For, uh, I can't even talk. So, yeah, here I'm talking. We're hosting a show. I can't even talk. So anybody can do this. But thanks a lot for mentioning them. I mean, it's an important part of this deal. So let's get to it. 15 down to six. We are going to start with number 15. Very. I talked about Dan Ebert, right, having a limited body of work, a very limited body of work for this guy. He has his reasons, all right? Guys, five shows, only five shows for this guy. And people are wondering, how the heck can a guy with five shows be in the top 15? How does that even work, right? He lives in Canada, has a hard time getting across the border. They don't race as much. Four second-place finishes and one win, okay? Now, people are like, yeah, that's that's cool. But that's what well, his last second-place finish was at the prelude to the Johnny. His win was for the second year in a row winning the John Sites Memorial at the River City Speedway in Grand Forks. Man, guys, that, that was flat out impressive. Now, we're talking about a driver from Estevan, Saskatchewan. So, kind of not so much by here, right? It's like Canada, 
way west, right? And it's the 21 of Turbo Aaron Turnbull. Yeah, I mean, like you said, very limited number of shows. And, you know, you know, people may say, like you said, why only five shows and he's in, he's on the list. But the, the big race, the John Seitz Memorial, that's one of the biggest races in all the regions that we cover. And to win that for the second time in a row um, with the limited number of shows that he had, you know, it, it's not like he was racing all year and then he fine tuned everything and won the race. I mean, and the challenge he had to cross the border just to get to that race, that that's what really amazes me. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, totally impressive. Uh, you know, he's like the intimidator of River City Speedway now. Like I said, limited body of work, but I mean, he did what he had to do to get not only get across the border, but he did what he had to do to win a huge race. Like Ryan said, two in a row. Very impressive. Congratulations, Aaron, uh, on a, a limited but great season here in 2020. You know what worries me is Brad saying, right? They own a trucking company. You know, and, and if Brad wanted to, he could go up to the border, all the borders across there and say, look, you know, this guy here is not legit. We probably should maybe look at not letting him cross the border. You know, so when the sites comes around, kind of keep him up north. That might be the only way to keep him from winning his third straight John Sites Memorial next year. Hell of a year to him. And I'm looking forward to seeing him race a whole lot more next year. Now, let's get to number 14. 20 shows for this guy. One win. Guys, 15 top fives, right? 75% top five percentage. He got seventh up at the John Sykes Memorial, fourth at the Dakota Rumble, okay? Fourth at the King of Dirt, third at the Big Buck Nationals at the Brown County Speedway in Aberdeen. Guys, he ran in three different regions, didn't quite get podiums in all three, but ran very well in all three regions that he raced in. He very, very well. Now, this guy's a rookie, and he got a late start. So not only was he a rookie, but he didn't start right away. He started only a week or two before the Rumble. And, and at the end of the year, the eye test tells me he might have been the fastest driver in the state of South Dakota at the end of the 2020 season. I am expecting some big things from this guy. From here on South Dakota, the 10 of Cole Searing. Yeah, I mean, like you said, 15 top fives as a rookie. I mean, there's guys who have been racing for 15 years that we'd be happy with, you know, 15 top fives. So that's what really stuck out to me. Uh, very impressive. Congratulations on a great year, Cole. Yeah, and that, that's what impresses me, too, is the 15, 15 top fives and 20 shows. I mean, sometimes for a rookie in the late model division, it takes time to adjust, and sometimes those early finishes aren't as good, but Obviously, that wasn't the, the case with Cole Searing. You know, great year. Absolutely. Now, let's roll into number 13. I'm probably going to get in trouble for this one. Again, if you don't like where this guy's slotted, it's P-O-O-K-A, Puka. Um, <laughs> get a hold of him. <laughs> Blame him. And uh, with a full season, guys, it, you know, had he raced a full season, I think he could easily be up in the top five. I mean, this guy is straight up legit. He either got second or third in the in the Wasota National Standings in 19. One hell of a race car driver. Now, an astonishing six of six. He only ran six shows, but he won all six shows, right? And not only did he win all six, but three of those shows that he won, Turnbull got second, right? So they didn't have a ton of cars because you can't cross the border. There was no big specials. But when you go six for six, I mean, 
some people might argue he should be higher than this, right? But, you know, with only six shows, they were all regular shows. He did get across the border to come watch the John Seitz Memorial, but he was not able to bring his car. I wish he would have because had he maybe went in there, that might have moved him up a few slots, right? And this driver right here from Winnipeg, Manitoba, the 5E of Shane Edgington. Yeah, I mean, again, a limited number of shows, but when you go, when you win every race that you're, that you enter, um, it's hard not to be on the list and, you know, it, it's a worthy spot for him. Yeah, I would say Shane Eddington making racing great again in Canada. That's all <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. You're a hockey guy, so you get excited when you see the hockey country up there, right? Oh, totally. Like performing well and raising. You're a hockey guy. So great year for him. And, and like I said, some people could easily argue that he could be a top five guy winning six of six. But just when you look at the overall strength of schedule on that deal, it kind of kept him down. Not his fault. It is what it is. COVID sucks. We all agree with that. But uh, we're looking forward to some big things. I predict him to be a top three finisher at the end of 2021 in the Wissota National Standings. I see him being up there. Now, we're going to get into number 12. Another guy here that we could easily argue, he could probably maybe been a little higher, right? But this is where it really started getting tough. You know, from going from 12th up, you know, up into the top three there, oh, man, there's not a lot of room for, not, a, not much margin for error, right? So it's really tough, a lot of weighing, like whose wins were better, whose strength of schedule, podium finishes, very difficult. But <clears throat> I think we I think we got to crack down. Again, if you don't like what we have, get a hold of Puka. Now, number, <laughs> number 12 in the power rankings, 19 shows, five wins, 16 top fives. Now, that's not counting the two Moose shows that he ran, but out of all the Wissota-type events, 16 top fives in 19 shows. Very, very impressive. 84% top five percentage. Second in the NLRA points. Second in points at the River City Speedway. Three NLRA, I believe it was three NLRA feature wins on the year. And, and really what held him back for me, guys, was a ninth and an eighth at the John Seitz Memorial on his home turf. I expected more from him at home. Had he performed better on that stage, I think he would have been higher in our rankings from Grand Forks, North Dakota, the 12S of Brad Sang. Yeah, I mean, a, a solid year. I mean, like I said, second in points in NRA, second in points at River Cities, but that, that 84% top five ranking was the best of anybody in the top 25. So, you know, very consistent, very good year. And I, I agree. I mean, it's the uh, 16 top fives that really impresses me. And it wasn't just the top fives. I mean, he backed it up with, with some wins also. So, you know, very solid. Yeah, great year for Brad. I mean, he's a perennial front runner, podium finish after podium finish. And, and again, people are going to be like, wow, with that percentage, and, you know, with wins and second in the NLRA, how could he not be higher? And, and I'm just going to be straight up. The reason he wasn't higher is the only real big show he ran all year, right? was the John Seitz Memorial on his home track. And, and there's variables, you know, things happen. But he, he failed to finish in the top five either night. And, and for me, that kind of slid him back just a little bit because we want our we want our top performers to perform well on the biggest stage. So, so Brad, I expect to see you in the top five next year, buddy. All right? So let's get to number 11. 
Number 11, guys, <clears throat> this one here is going to get me in trouble. So, so here's the deal. Again, Puka. Blame Puka. Okay? But this guy right here, he's the highest rated driver in all of this, right, with only one win. Okay? So he, out of all the people that have one win, he's ranked uh, number one in that group of people. And looking at the strength of, uh, strengths of schedule for this guy, easily the toughest strength of schedule. Anywhere there was a big show in the region, you saw this car unload every single time. He did never, never one time did he shy away from competition. And had he had some more wins, I guarantee he'd be higher up there now. He has several loose shows in the mix, taking that out of the equation because he's kind of cutting his teeth there, right? 35 was sort of tight events, right? Because he had some Cedar Lake stuff in there. And 18 top fives, 51%. Now, keep in mind, his strength of schedule is higher, so it's pretty impressive. One win on the year. This gentleman, the TriStar Engines and Transmissions Labor Day Series winner up on, up on our neck of the woods there, Puka, um, at the ABC Raceway, they had the prelude to the clay, 12th to 1st. He drove by Jimmy Mars off the last corner to win that one. 4th at the Wasota Classic. 6th and 3rd at the Labor Day Shootout. 2nd at the King of Dirt. I think he started 8th there, so he drove up into the podium. 3rd at Ogilvy at that big special great race. If you guys miss that between him, Pat Doerr, Don Shaw, great race at Ogilvy. 4th and 5th at the John Seitz Memorial. And I believe he started 23rd or 24th in the feature. Guys, he drove up. He was inside a Turnbull for the lead at this nice. deal. And the track got a little faster. He faded a little bit at the end. Fourth and fifth at the Twin 25s. Fourth and sixth at the Masters. So what you're seeing is solid in the top five, okay? It needs more podiums. Needs more podium finishes. Needs more wins. Top fives in all four regions raced. That's impressive, right? More podiums, more wins, easily catapults him up there. I'm expecting that from him next year from Kewatin, Minnesota, the 6M Jeffrey Massengill. You want me to go, Bert? Sure. Okay, yeah, so yes, yeah, total solid year. Now, what the one thing that sticks out for me is Jeffrey's been racing at the USA Nationals, you know, since he's been a late Malik, he's been coming down, he's never shied away. This year, he was in a position right away in a B featured because I don't think he's made the big show. He's always, you know, he's run well in the Wazota, you know, we'll call it the Wazota portion, NASCAR portion. But, you know, to get it into the big show and he comes in on the first lap there, it comes into three, drops a drive shaft, you know, goes to hit the gas to turn the car. Obviously, doesn't smash the wall, collects Bab. You know, really thinking that this was the year he was going to get into the big one. He's paid his dues. He's been down there. He's been very loyal to Cedar Lake. Just couldn't quite get it done. But, yeah, super solid year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a solid year, and I agree with you, Ryan. Um, you know, more podium finishes and a few more wins would move him up the list. Uh, he definitely uh, was on my radar this year after – uh, seeing him race this year. I wasn't real familiar with him prior to this year. Uh, and he's definitely a driver that I will be uh, paying attention to in the future, you know, based on what he did this year. I think he, he could just be on the, on the cusp of some really, really good finishes in the future. You know, a lot of people might say this dude is flat out crazy, right? Because <laughs> he was, he was legitimately a top five runner everywhere, right? 
with his kryptonite car in 2020. Now he's making a change, right? Because his primary sponsor, J.R. Haley, they got, I don't think it's called the Weiss Haley chassis. He's making the change. They're going to be jumping into that deal. And I said, I said, you better make sure that they, that thing's faster because you were really good last year. So I'm hoping, and they're confident. They think that's going to be a step up. And that one little adjustment might take them from a bunch of top fives to a bunch of top threes and a bunch more wins. And that'll put them up in a, you know, top five region for, for next year. So great years for Jeffrey Massengale. Now, let's get into the top 10, right? Number 10 on the year, another guy that he just didn't race as much as we would have liked to have seen. But, man, he, when he did, he was good. 20 shows, two wins on the year, 16 top fives, 80% in the top five, right? Now, he went to the prelude to the Johnny. He got fifth. And for, I believe, the 10th consecutive year, he was on the podium in the John Seitz Memorial. He got second. Started pretty deep in that one, too. Second at the Mater 55. Third and second at the USA Nationals at the Cedar Lake Speedway. He won the fall frenzy at the Cedar Lake Speedway. And we're talking about a driver from Elk Mound, Wisconsin, the 58 of A.J. Nemo. Yeah, I mean, uh, throughout the season, we didn't think that he was having that great of a year. But then you look at, I mean, because he wasn't putting the wins on like he has in the past. But you look at his uh, podium finishes in, in the big specials throughout the area. And uh, definitely a, a solid season. I mean, when you finish 80% in the top five uh, in the big, you know, that includes a lot of the big races where with tough competition, uh, you know, very good, very good season for AJ. Yeah, I agree. Good season. Disappointed he didn't come up for the swing up to the uh, Prelude in Ashland and, and came over to, you know, for the Labor Day swing. So, like I said, only 20 shows. Of course, uh, Red Cedar wasn't racing. I don't know how many times he races there, but, you know, no challenge series. So he got in fewer shows. Uh, you know, hopefully, I mean, this is a guy that 15 years ago, you know, before he joined Mars was kind of, uh, you know, heading towards that kind of that professional race guy. I, mean, I remember him doing the Summer Nationals in like 06, 07. He was a young guy. Um, so, you know, a guy that I enjoy watching. So selfishly, I hope he, you know, he races more, but, uh, like I said, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, again, a solid year. And like I said, he's kept that streak alive up at the John sites up in at river cities and grand fortress is very impressive. Very talented driver, <clears throat> another double duty guy. He ran mods also, and, uh, he was equally as impressive in the modified as he was in the late model. So great year there for AJ Demo at number 10. Now let's get to number nine. Number nine, 26 shows on the year, seven wins, 16 top fives. Seven wins as a rookie, right? Seven wins as a rookie. That's impressive. Also, this rookie made the trip over to Cedar Lake, finished top five, pair of fifths at the USA Nationals, and that got him on the radar for a lot of people in the region that watch late model racing. Very impressive to do that. Fifth at the Big Buck Nationals over in Aberdeen. He got third. At the Miller Central Speedway, they had a two grand to win show. He got third at that deal, 61% in the top five. From here on, South Dakota, the 5M, Tyler McDonald. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know who Tyler McDonald was. <laughs> and then, you know, me and Bert are sitting there at the USA Nationals, and here he comes and on uh, that Friday night, led roughly half Bert, I'd say, and all that feature. And like I said, I mean, you know, no, you know, if you didn't know who, who Tyler McDonald was, you know him now. He kind of made his name at the Nationals. You know, every, you know, you think about drivers, 
you know, like, like Bert was just saying about Jeffrey Masco and he's a guy that I kind of pay attention to, you know, I I'm saying the same thing kind of like about Michelson now and, and, and shill now who they, you know, there gets to be a time when you just, they kind of get on your, your radar and your map a little bit. And I think that Tyler McDonald's on a lot of people's radars now and will be heading into 2021. Yeah, I have to agree. And, uh, I also agree that, you know, the USA nationals was kind of his, uh, uh, when he, he was put on the radar, because, uh, yeah, I remember watching that race and Puka and I were, who is this guy? <laughs> and uh, very impressive at Cedar Lake. And uh, it wasn't just a fluke at Cedar Lake. Uh, he had a very impressive all season. Yeah, and, and really what, what kept him out of being higher is just simply not running enough big shows. You know, he got seven wins. Most of them were regular nights. And, and interesting guy, interesting guy. They're probably smarter than most of us racers, right? But his passion is farming, which is business. There, his focus is on like, hey, we want to be successful. We want to create a future. We want to have. We want to make money. So that caused him to miss some of the shows that, as a fan, I would have liked to see him at. He wasn't at the Dakota Rumble, which is his biggest show in the area. But it was because of work. It was because of farming. So I, I guess you can't blame a guy for having the priorities. You know, maybe a little bit different, right? I always say that I, he's got his priorities all mixed up. If you want to win races, you got to focus on racing. Business comes second, but that's why I was flat broke when I quit. Okay, so so maybe he's smarter than I am. But great year, Tyler McDonald, solid up into the top ten. Um, there was a time when we jotted him down where we had him just placed a little bit higher, but after looking at some things, I think slotting him in there at number nine is pretty good for the five M ride. So let's get to number eight, okay? Because the cream rises to the top and, and you just look, I mean, some of these guys had impressive seasons. I'm talking, it was crazy. So this one here is one of those guys, 23 shows, four wins, 12 top fives on the year, twin 25s. He got ninth in one of the events, but he was winner of one of the twin 25s. He won the, the race to be essential, the opener down at Mississippi thunder. They had a pretty good car count. He won that first, uh, at Cedar Lake Speedway, the month of money, right? On um, that five grand to win show, he won that. Second by about, I don't know, that far when Glenn's kind of stole his thunder there at the USA Nationals. A first, third, and second at the legendary podium all three nights in a row. Third at the Fall Frenzy. Second at the Ogilvy Fall Classic. Guys, the end of the year in our region is all invitationals. It's all specials. The last five shows for this guy all podium finishes impressive season for this guy only 23 years old and uh, not a huge budget he missed our swing just like aj did but he walled a car at mississippi thunder the year before he missed the swing up north because of an engine issue this year he wrecked it because he was on the jig welding it up you know which sucked for us because i really wanted to see him come up there but bright bright future coming in at number eight from roberts wisconsin the 11g nitro james giassi yeah, I mean, uh, actually, he'd probably be higher on the list if it wasn't for Jesse Glenn's because <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, like you said, Glenn stole his thunder in some of the races, passing him late in the race. Uh, but yeah, solid. I mean, you always want to shine come invitational time, and he definitely was shining with, uh, you know, all podium finishes in his last five finishes. So solid, solid year for uh, Giassi. 
Yeah, one thing that comes to mind in Jossie's ear when I was down at the Gondek Law for the World of Outlaw show and and he shows up, you know, and he doesn't, you know, he's not a regular at Superior, so he shows up with a Wazota engine, actually set pastime, you know, with a guy like Bishop in the field and a guy like Ricky Weiss in the field. So, uh, you know, that was impressive too. You know, I think he surprised a lot of people and, and gained some fans up here in the Northland. So congratulations, Mr. Giassi, and a fantastic 2020. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to watch this guy grow as a race car driver. Very talented, very humble kid, fun to watch. And, uh, you know, just another one of those examples that late model racing is on the rise. There's a lot of young studs in this class. Now, coming in at number seven, 20 shows on the year, four wins, 16 top fives. Guys, that's 80% in the top five, right? Impressive for this year. Absolutely not unexpected the brown county speedway track champion over in aberdeen he won the two grand to win show at the brown county speedway he won the two grand to win show at the miller central speedway and then miraculously he didn't even show up to the two grand to win show and casino i'm like what the hell is wrong with you he's like ah you know i'm just kind of not really feeling like racing on sunday but he's got a ton of shows and a ton of wins in his career fourth at the big muck nationals a disappointing 10th at the Dakota Rumble. He was up battling. I think he slipped off the track, and I, I, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but uh, I expected more from him on that race. He'd certainly probably be up a couple spots higher if he would have performed better there. From Aberdeen, South Dakota, we're talking about the nine of Showtime Kent Arment. Yes, Showtime. Yes, that's the old nickname <laughs> for back in the days when I was writing it for all the dirt back 20 years ago. You know, the thing that stuck out for him this, this year was – I believe it was at the Rumble. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was regular, but they did the duel with him and Kurt Gelling. And, you know, those two battled in mods for many years. Those two battled in lates, rivals. But I just thought that was such a cool deal. I can't even remember which of the two won because I was just watching them go. And uh, high, low, slide jobs. And then once someone got out in front a little bit. But just a cool, cool deal. You know, we talked about him. One of the few guys in Wazota running a Longhorn. And obviously, he's got that then dialed in and had a real successful year. Yeah, I mean, it seems like this guy's been around forever. I mean, I he, he was running running up front when uh, Shano Speedway was still in Wasoda because I remember reading about him and all the dirt and looking at the late model national point standings, and he'd always be, you know, battling for the top. And uh, uh, apparently, as he gets older, he just keeps on clicking away and, you know, very good season. Nothing to complain about there. Yeah, I think he's a five-time national champion, I believe. It's either five or six, but between the mods and the lates, I think there was one year where he won both the mods and the lates. So I think uh, there might be one guy that's close, but I think he's got to be the winningest driver ever in the state of South Dakota. So coming in at number seven, Kantar Men. Now, coming in at number six, we'll, we'll conclude this show with number six, and then we're excited to get into the top five. This, this, this gentleman here, 26 shows on the year. Guys, eight wins. All right? Eight wins. Impressive season. This guy is flat out bolted. 16 top fives. Now, he won the Big Buck Nationals. He won the at the Casino Speedway. Arment didn't show up that night, right? <clears throat> he won that two grand to win show that night. And them guys put on a race when they were together. He won both nights of the Autumn Classic over at the Casino Speedway in Watertown. And 61% of the time up in the top five, and I like to say this guy is flat-out checkers or wreckers, right? <laughs> and that's really what kept him out of, you know, the top five for me is the fact that 
dude, you got to finish more races. And I think he would agree to that, right? So, I mean, like, opportune times, guys, he was battling for the win at the Dakota Rumble. And I think he overheated or something happened. He had engine issues. He had all kinds of engine issues. And I don't know if they were all the engine builder's fault, but he had all kinds of issues where he was right up in the top three and broke. And I think them kind of kept him out of there. Had those DNFs not happened, he could legit be looking at the number one slot. Like this guy, it's a very, very tight group here between, say, first and sixth, seventh. I mean, it is very tight. And it was very difficult for us to – to look at that. So you South Dakota people that are a big fan of this guy, you know, he's there, he's up, he's close, but we just need more finishes from this guy. And we're talking about the driver from Watertown, South Dakota, the 37, the wild child, Scott Ward. Well, this is one of the things that I, that I, I'm glad that I started doing this podcast with you guys because I wasn't familiar at all with these South Dakota late model drivers. And I got a chance to watch some of them, watch some of the races online this year. And so I was specifically watching for Scott Ward because you guys kept talking about him. And as soon as I saw him race, Oh, I understand why you guys are always talking about him. Yeah. He's definitely, uh, you know, obviously eight wins shows that, you know, he's one of the top drivers in, in the, in the region. So a lot of, uh, solid, big race wins. So, you know, a very fitting place for him on this list. Yeah. What stuck out for me uh, for Scott Ward was, you know, we don't get a lot of locals that get voted in. I mean, local, you know, he's not local necessarily to Cedar Lake in the USA nationals, but he's local for us. And, you know, he got voted in for that fans fund deal this year, which was really cool. And, and, you know, got walked out of there. I think, what was it, Bert? Everyone about a $2,500 check. That's normally what it is. So, you know, a chance for him to come over and, and race, a, you know, a couple nights over there. And, and I don't believe I've ever seen him at Cedar Lake before. So, uh, like I said, yeah, you know, you're sitting around drinking beers at the Deer Shack uh, this weekend or in your ice fishing house, and somebody doesn't know anything about racing says, you know, how was your year? He's, and he replies, hey, I had eight wins. I think that person's going to think, yeah, a pretty damn good year. <laughs> yeah, and, and really, if I look back at what kept him out of the top five, because I know I'm going to have people ask, why, why is he not in the top five? I mean, he was impressive. And, and it's kind of one of those deals where when a person leaves his home state, it's like, man, is that, is that a good thing? And I think when he left his home state, that actually brought him down in the rankings because in South Dakota at all the specials, it didn't matter what the show was. He was bolted. He got out of South Dakota and he just, he couldn't get it together. And I don't, I don't know if there was engine issues or DNFs or just a combination of everything, but, but all the times that he left, whether it was to Minnesota, North Dakota, over to Cedar Lake and Wisconsin, I just didn't see, I just didn't see enough from him. You know, he just did not have a marquee like, Hey, he left his home area and ran really well. And, and I expect him to, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a hell of a fun driver to, to watch race, and there's a huge following for him in Watertown. So coming in at number six, the wild child, Scott Ward, and, you know, that concludes, right? That gets us, we're, we're bringing in the top five, guys. I am absolutely jazzed up to be talking about the top five coming up in our next episode. You know, I'm Ryan, that's Puka, that's Bert. We're the one to go show, and uh, we're bringing to you the top 25 in the one to go show regional late model power rankings. So guys buckle up top five coming next.